You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hello, everyone. This is Lauren Barr, VP of Finance at Occupier. Thank you for turning in to this week's episode about the death to spreadsheets. It was great speaking with Joe Michaleski at Mosaic Tech on this very topic. As a CPA, this topic is near and dear to my heart, especially considering the AI CPA has said 75% of CPAs are expected to retire in the next 10 years and there isn't a large influx of recent college graduates looking to become a CPA. With those two factors, accountants are facing an existential crisis. To save the profession, we must start changing how accountants work. Simply put, no one wants to be a bean counter anymore. One way to change the way we work is alter our reliance on spreadsheets. Of course, there will always be a time and a place to utilize spreadsheets. However, instead of using Excel as a foundation to material and time-intensive processes, we should push to change these processes to incorporate software more often. This shift will increase accuracy, reduce risk of errors, and likely save a ton of time. With the save time, accountants can prioritize more meaningful tasks that align to their interests. Again, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roll Forward Podcast. My name is Joe Michalowski and this episode is brought to you by Mosaic, a strategic finance platform that transforms the way business gets done. And today, my guest is Lauren Barr, the VP of Finance at Occupier, a lease management solution that breaks down silos between finance, real estate, and facilities departments. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, and what a wonderful introduction to Occupier. Thank you. I try to get the one-liner. I go to the website, and I'm like, okay, how do I do this without giving like the entire spiel about what this yeah, company is? Uh, so thank you. I'm glad, I love it. I'm I'm said, I didn't even it. give you that, and you made that <laughs> all by yourself. That was wonderful. Listen, it's that content background. It's what I do. This <laughs> is what I'm here for. Cool. Well, you know, the first thing I want to say before we even get into anything, I was really excited the first time we chatted. We just randomly stumbled upon the fact that we both went to Providence College. So go Friars. I will yes, start that. yes. It's always a great day to be a Friar. Yeah. So we get a Friar filled podcast, which this isn't about that, but I needed to mention it anyway. Yeah, I love it. But before we before we get going into main topic, obviously, just want to get a quick background on you, the work you're doing at Occupier how you got there, you know, the normal, normal background. Yeah, definitely. So I started my career at PwC in the audit practice, then transitioned into more of a consulting role where I helped emerging growth companies with their month and financial reporting requirements. So basically, I would go into our clients that had really, really big disasters blow up, like material weaknesses, words that you don't really want to hear a lot. I'd go in there and help them clean up the mess and then set them up for success for future month-end closes, audits, all of that fun stuff. Fast forward, now I'm the VP of Finance at Occupier. We are lease management software, as you mentioned, and it's really a very dynamic role for me because, of course, as VP of Finance, I'm very critical into the finance element of that world, but then I'm also very impactful in the product development and sales and marketing of our lease accounting product. Oh, that's cool. This is, I always like this because this is the second or third time we've had a guest that like 
It must be really cool to be in a position where you're like at a company that is now selling the kinds of things that you would oh be involved in. Because that's what Mosaic has. Like we have it's... finance people all over the place. Must be really nice. Oh my God. It's amazing because, well, first of all, in my experience before getting to Occupier, I had gone through so many different lease accounting implementations with different software, with using Excel, different software providers and things like that. And so coming to Occupier made me uniquely qualified for my role because I am the customer. I have gone through this before. And it also made it really, really easy for me to identify how great of a product Occupier is by bringing everyone around the same solution. So cool. I, the product team must either really love you or hates a strong word, but really not like <laughs> you. Because I'm sure you're just like, hey, guys, like, what if we just uh, yeah. tweaked this one little thing? I bet it would be great. And they're like, oh, my God, that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, they have mentioned that, you know, maybe they wouldn't ever build an accounting product ever again because it is really hard <laughs> to do. And but hopefully they enjoy working. It's for the me. better. It's for the better. But, yeah. It's all for the better. Well, awesome. I mean, uh, really cool to hear your background. Always love it. It's a really basic question, but it's just fun to hear how finance people get to where they are because I found that it's it's never really a straight line. There's always some kind of like there's the consulting people, the accounting people, the it kind of all oh, yeah. uh, meshes together. So yeah, definitely. Love that. But the main topic we're going to talk about today, and I, I don't want to like overblow it, but I kind of feel like it has to be titled like death to spreadsheets question mark because you and i spent some time talking about how like you're a finance person who just wants to get out of spreadsheets so love that but the first thing that you brought up to me was the stat about like the future of finance or like the future of cps i was yeah. wondering if you could just like reiterate that for people and like set the stage for why we're talking about this oh my god the future of finance is looking a little grim based on some of these statistics and it's i recently heard published by the AI CPA that 75% of CPAs are expected to retire in the next 10 years, which is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> but then layering on top of it, the pipeline of CPAs is also not there. The number of college graduates aren't really racing to study accounting and finance. You're not really going to have people replenishing the CPA pool and like this challenging question for well, one, are we going to become extinct or am I going to become this rare artifact of having my CPA? Or on the other hand, how do we get people more interested in the finance profession? Yep. I think it's a perfect topic and we are going to talk, like I said, about like spreadsheets. So I want as we go along all your hot takes on spreadsheets <laughs> and texts and things I like know. that yeah the first but, time we met i probably came off a little hot i probably realized that you were a fellow friar and i was like okay guards down this is what i feel about spreadsheets <laughs> i loved it i was like oh my god finally because <laughs> it usually i mean i talk to a lot of people who are like yeah you know it's like a mixed bag like spreadsheets are still great and i I don't begrudge anyone, but like I, I work in marketing. Spreadsheets are not my first love. And so it's <laughs> nice to hear somebody from your world like, hey, like maybe we should get out of this a little bit. Yeah, But definitely. before before we start, just like, you know, we'll be nice to spreadsheets a little bit. But we're going to go we're going to go into it a little bit hard about what's wrong with them. But is there anything else other than kind of like the the daunting task of just living in spreadsheets that you think might contribute to this 
kind of future outlook yeah anything that we're not going to focus on today definitely i people simply put don't want to be bean counters anymore and looking at the past and analyzing past transactions people want to be aligned to a greater purpose and sometimes a greater purpose isn't easily aligned to a historical finance and accounting role and a lot of organizations right now and their finance and accounting elements are still very very manual in nature leveraging a lot of excel spreadsheets people love them and so it can start to be this really mundane different month same closed process and you get on this wheel and you just are keep continuously doing that and so the processes definitely have a lot of room for improvement but then accounting is also very challenging because there's new standards and regulations coming out all of the time and of course ACA 42 the new lease accounting standard that Octopar helps being one of them but that's just one of a dozen that you know come out every five to ten years it's just difficult to keep up with the accounting standards, knowing that you have a lot of manual processes that at the end of the day, you don't really have a lot of time to do things that you wanna do in more forward-looking strategic finance initiatives. I, as Mosaic, we are, you know, strategic finance is our our baby, we love it. And so I love that answer. Um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, I the goal, the goal here, I guess, is not really just to be like, hey, spreadsheets are terrible and everything's awful. But if the reality is that, you know, you're not wanting to be that backward looking, like spreadsheets are not helping the cause, right? Like it's kind of the the origin story for why you're stuck in that system. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I love a good Excel formula probably more than the next. I love a very clean working paper. I'm sure for that. It's just the future of it. Yeah. Maybe not so much. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that because I want to, I've had this conversation, I think twice on the pod. We actually have, it'll be nice. Cause I think the episode when I'm, that'll release right before yours is also about somebody who's like, he's really into spreadsheets and he's like, I don't know about oh, man. like kind of ditching them all together. So it'll be nice to kind of have the two working against each other. But I think usually it comes down to like, yeah, you know, like we need a bit of both on either side. There's certain use cases for one over the other. I want to know from your perspective, like what the future looks like in terms of spreadsheet usage. Are we just going scorched earth? Like, let's get rid of these things all together. Death you to know, spreadsheets. Or are we a little more measured than that? You know, I would love to get to that place where we can eliminate them entirely, but I don't think we'll ever get there. What would be a really nice place is that we put much less emphasis on it. Like I would love to not be handing out basically Olympic gold medals if someone is amazing at Excel. I do not care if you are amazing at Excel in the future because I want you to be leveraging software in a way. And I'm more curious about how you think through problems and also your analytical skill set. Being able to generate the coolest excel formula of all time while it's probably pretty amazing to some folks not really where i want you to be focusing your skill set in the future it makes a lot of sense i think those people that do like the excel like the financial modeling competitions or whatever um, they might come after you but i think otherwise you're probably i mean they're probably safe. really great but <laughs> again you know 
being living in Excel, you have such an risk for manual error, just calculating basic formulas incorrectly, missing cells, missing tabs, it's time consuming, hard to recreate, layer in, adopting new accounting standards, it means a new process, not probably anyone on your team is a accounting expert in that area and having all of the data points that you need. So you're like leveraging Excel may not be the best thing for you know those areas. Yeah. I wanna I wanna be give full disclosure here. Occupier recently a customer. So very very happy to have you on yes. in the mosaic kind of customer base. Yes. So I want to be clear. I'm not digging for plugs for the company. This is not going to be like a hey this is why you need to buy Mosaic kind of thing. But I'm curious, like, what what was the relationship with Spread? What was the spreadsheet kind of environment like at Occupier maybe before when you had first gotten there? Or, like, what's it been like since joining Occupier yeah. before kind of putting Mosaic in? Yeah, definitely. So to set the stage, Occupier is a Series A startup. We finalized yep. our Series A at the end of Q1 of this year. And Congrats. yes, thank you. Thank you. Very, very exciting. And basically since then, we've just gotten to work to set the foundation across the business and sales and marketing, customer success, product and finance is no different. And before, you know, when we were going out to raise our Series A, it was a very simplified financial model that we leveraged Excel for. And I did have some amazing formulas in it and all that fun stuff. As we kind of turned the page and entered into Series A, it became evidently clear that you know, in this market, we really need to be able to run way more analyses than I can handle in Excel. So for me to build the foundation of the finance team and to really expand myself, because you know we're Series A, I'm the only one on the finance team, and I need to be able to do things very quickly with a high precision of accuracy, that software was the only option for me. Yep. I mean, it's what we hear from a lot of our clients, why a lot of people, it's like, it's almost like there's this mid market of like the finance world that like series A, like more mature, like series D startup where my wife works literally mutual. It's the example I use all the time. I have friends that work in finance there. Right. It's like, you know, just entire teams dedicated to like one small workflow right. yeah, that yeah. is just one part of your like many hats at a company like yeah. Occupier or any of these like high right. growth startups. So, you know, totally hear you on that. It makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't envy the position of having all those hats to wear for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's really, it's a really, I'm very fortunate to be in this position. Yeah. It's great. So I, I want to, we're going to get into a little bit more about like where the pitfalls were for that spreadsheet usage, but I want to start with the good. We'll, we'll be nice to spreadsheets for now because obviously, I mean, it's like since in the eighties, it's like the de facto <laughs> FP and a tool. There's a reason right. why it is. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm curious, like wh what are the good, like what are the benefits of being in spreadsheets? What does it allow you to do that? You're like, okay, like this is just not something software is equipped to handle just yet. Yeah, you know, some of the good is that one, a lot of people are comfortable with Excel and it's this universal language that if you give them this Excel file, they'll be able to navigate it pretty quickly. And the other thing is being able to quickly run a kind of back of the napkin scenario if that's what you wanted to do, just to 
kind of play around with it. So you can kind of, you know, using Excel, if that's what you want it to do, it can be a little bit simpler if you are just trying to just kind of, you know, do a simple scenario. Yeah. Is uh, is that what, you know, as a company that sells this kind of software, like the goal is to avoid people getting onto the software and like, to us, churn is like people that revert back to spreadsheets. Yeah. Anyone in the space is like, okay, like we tried to implement this tool and now like, we'll just go back to the tried and true spreadsheet. Is that the crux of it? Like, it's just simpler you to know, do it or like, it, why do you think people go back? You know, I think it comes down to comfort that people you are trying to, and this is also what I was in the sales process with Mosaic. Time and time again, I felt like there were so many similarities between Mosaic and Occupy because we're both fighting against Excel. And when yeah. we look at our competitors, it's you know a bunch of other lease management softwares, but then Excel. And it's really sometimes hard to combat because people are so comfortable with it. These people have been using it for you know 30 years or as soon as they have gotten out of college and they've been using it for the past 10 years. And when people are that good at Excel and very good at building files in a way that you know they've done historically, sometimes it's just really hard to fight that good fight of bringing them over into a, a software that could do it better for them. And so I think with people kind of reverting back to Excel, maybe they didn't fully lean into the software and it could be Mosaic, it could be Occupy, but they never leaned into the software to understand all of its capabilities and how it could solve those edge cases that you thought you could only do in Excel. Actually, Mosaic is able to do that too. And you just have to learn and understand from your CSM and how to, how to build what you wanna build. I think it makes a ton of sense. I mean, obviously, especially in like this high growth kind of startup company world, you're wearing so many hats, like no matter what department you're in, it's like you're moving back and forth between so many things. And sometimes like that comfort zone is just what you need. It's like, you know yeah. what? Like I want my life to be at least to feel easier for five right. minutes. Like maybe I'll be better off in the long run, but give yeah. me like five minutes of a break because I know what to do. In That's this a one very area. good point. Like I just need, I just need five minutes in Excel. I just need just to a, do some hotkeys, okay? Just, oh my god, I uh, God, I sometimes I feel bad because I'm hosting this podcast. It's just I that that would make me sweat if I was like, you know, what, go ahead, go spend a half hour at Excel and see how you're doing. I would not enjoy uh, my time. Yeah, at all. yeah, it's uh, it's not where I live. It's just not. And so I want to. I, I think it makes sense that the comfort zone, like the flexibility of spreadsheets, it it all makes sense. But I think. Uh, what I'd, I'd want to spend like the bulk of our time doing is talking about kind of like the, the breaking points because you you can get through like there's I don't know multi-billion dollar companies that are just doing everything right. in Excel so it's like it can take you wherever you need to go but I guess like I want to talk a little bit about what what makes you make the switch so you know there's a lot of companies like Mosaic that are popping up like these FP&A solutions like why why is demand getting stronger what are those breaking points where you start to say hey this spreadsheet is not going to do it for us right. in the long run. Yeah, I mean, demand is getting stronger. Just looking at the past couple of years and what finance teams have been forced to model out, it's no longer adequate enough 
for your company to build one model, one forecast for the next year. And that's your base case and that's your operating model, right? Now you have to build at a minimum five scenarios of all of your base case for best case, worst case, worst case with a debt fundraise, best case with a debt fundraise. What if you did it in June? What if you did it in December? And so you are constantly having to shift the data ever so slightly because you want to be looking at different scenarios so that you can move faster, that the forecast is no longer going to be set in stone in December for the next year. It needs to be extremely flexible to be able to accommodate if business is performing well. Can you flex up? Do you have to flex down? What about headcount? Can we add in more flexible headcount hires? And so I think that has really, really put a pressure on the need for an FBA, FBNA software, especially if you are someone like me, the only finance person on our team. In order to be able to do all of these scenarios, I need to leverage Mosaic. I must. I don't have a team of one person does revenue, one person does expenses, one person... I don't. Unfortunately, that's not the world I live in, but that's okay <laughs> because I can do more with less by leveraging, you know, Mosaic. And I think that can be held true for a lot of different areas of accounting and finance. You know, like for instance, there's revenue software out there for 606. There's lease yep. accounting software like Occupier out there. All of the goals of these software still come down to the crux of wanting to do more with less. Yes. Uh, the scenario planning example is very, uh, very top of mind for me right now. I'm currently working on like a large <laughs> guide for our own website. So I want to follow this thread because the thing that I can't pin down really is like, you mentioned that it's no longer enough to just have like your one model. Like what, what changed in that? Cause it's not like this is, it, it's not like high growth startups are new in the course of the last like three years. Like they existed 10, 15 years ago. So why is it that like more recently finance is under this pressure where maybe they weren't in like yeah, uh, you know, 2010 or something? Right. I think, well, in 2020, there was such an uncertainty of the business, mm. right? And you had to start being incredibly flexible and start thinking through in more of a strategic partnership way for like talking to folks. Okay, if we change this, how is this going to impact? Because People were just trying to survive at that point in time, right? And then you layer in 2021 being extremely, extremely hot market for VCs. Now coming into 2022 where that hasn't dried up completely, but it's gotten a lot more competitive to get the right funding at the right valuation mark. And so now we have an even more pressure of, okay, we need to be able to survive for X amount of months. How do we get there? How do we get there if we exceed our sales forecasting? What if we miss it by 10%? What do we have to do for headcount in that scenario? And so it's more yeah. agile in nature and being able to like kind of roll with it instead of, okay, this is it. This is what I forecasted in December. I can't believe that I my cash now is off 12 months later. Like. That's not kind of, you have to be able to provide value to the organization. I think one way that you can do that is by bringing a dynamic forecast that helps kind of weather the storm. 
love the weathering storm <laughs> angle. We used it, we uh, used it liberally uh, for a, a bit there, and we still are. Yeah. Um, I makes a ton of sense. I do you think this is like the new? I'm not gonna say because everyone says the new normal. I, I don't want to <laughs> say it like that, but. It, is it because like the, that that happened in 2020 and it's kind of been this like little roller coaster for the last couple of years? Is I it know, now it like seems... no matter what happens, it's just the normal thing now? It seems like it's going to be now that people have said, wow, you guys can do this. Why don't we just do this all the time? Why weren't we doing this before? And yeah, it, it definitely seems like there's always going to now be this pressure to to continuously reevaluate business performance. Well, to, I mean, not to roll it back to the grim times of those stats that you provided, but it does give you some some extra job security of the CPA environment. I that know, I up. know. Uh... Would it be a hot commodity in about 10 years? <laughs> now you are right now, Lauren. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, amazing. I The scenario planning one is so good. We've talked about that internally a lot. Are there other sort of workflows, use cases that are making your life easier with software versus like, maybe like five years ago yeah you know it's we this is top of mind because we had our board meeting this week and just the process of getting your board package ready can sometimes be daunting because you have different sources of truth for different areas of the business you are sometimes calculating items that are important for your metrics right like churn expansion all of that fun stuff and sometimes very difficult to calculate based on your source of truth. So layering in Mosaic certainly, certainly made that process <laughs> a lot easier because yeah. it already did all the consolidation for you. And so you didn't have to kind of run around and basically they already have the charting for you. Now this is really starting to sound like a spiel on Mosaic, but so that was, <laughs> it was not the attention. So that was one thing that helped us. And then, the other thing is, you know, being able to do things on the fly, you know, the morning mm. of the board meeting or just after the board meeting, there were certain questions about metrics and different scenarios and you're able to do it so much faster because you already have the data plugged in. It's just a different filter on something. So it, it speeds up a lot of things in my mind. What is so? I love to hear that. We love to hear it from like Mosaic customers because, but we talk to the finance people. We don't talk to the board members at like, you know, Occupier. So yeah. what is, what does it like do for your board meeting? Like, what do you get out of that by being able to move faster? Like, or is it more confidence in your investors? Do you get more like strategic advice from them because you're not like, because you're able to do it on the fly? Like what's the benefit there? I think it, we ultimately look better as an organization to our mm. board because we're able to pull things together quickly and it gives us a little bit more credibility to your point of yes we know the numbers we know what we're doing here we think we know what we're doing and then yeah. it does certainly once you are able to untangle some of the webs of your metrics it does lead to more questions that are better suited to help you grow versus it may not have been uncovered before sure i i think it makes a ton of sense it's like i mean it's why i mean you bring on the board members and the investors because like you need money to grow and presumably to also get like their advice on like what to do 
And I guess if you're just sitting there trying to figure out if your metrics are correct in the first place, you don't really have time to, to get right, to Right, right, right. So. Yeah. You want to just analyze the metrics that put them together. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we've got scenario planning. We've got board reporting. Like what other, what are the other like big rocks of like your job as finance leader that, you know, any automation or any sort of like software solution doesn't even have to be like, I mean, we're talking about the FP&A world, but it could be anything really. Like what kind of manual processes have you sped up through automation in, in any case? That yeah, yeah, definitely. And so we're the big rocks, especially as it relates to a software company, relates to all of like the quote to cash process, quote to cash, meaning mm -hmm. when someone signs a contract with Occupier to when Occupier receives the cash for that quote process, a lot of things can go wrong in that process. One, you could have a quote that doesn't have all of the necessary information in it that you need to validate that, yes, in fact, this is a contract and we are good to go. Does it have all of the information to send out an invoice? Did we send it to the right person for the right amount at the right cadence? Are they annual, monthly? So there are a lot of things that happen before you actually get paid. And so automation can really help speed that up quite a bit. And then layer in sales tax on top of that. This is near and dear to my heart right now because we're also automating this process right now to make sure that one, we're sending all the invoices for the right amount to the right person, collecting all the cash that we can, and then remitting sales tax to the right state and city municipalities for the right amount, that we charge the right sales tax to our customers, we collected when we needed to, didn't when we didn't have to. And so that is a really big focus area for me right now. Um, but it could also be as simple as automating accounts payable as well. Sure. The sales tax one, I kind of want to drill into a little bit because I've been seeing more and more people talk about this and we had... I don't know what you're using, but we had the co-founder of Anrock uh, oh, on. Oh, I love the her. I'm assuming that you met the one that I we met. We had Brad. Okay. We had Brad, not Brad. Michelle, but we love her as well. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah. So, like, we we didn't talk specifically about sales tax. I don't think I realized at the time when he was coming on, like, how complicated this task was. It's really for complicated. Our audience, yeah. So, like, what what are you dealing with? Like, how are you kind of getting through it? Like, what are some of your issues? There? Yeah. So, some of the issues are there is a oh God, what is it called when you hold on a second? Okay, <laughs> I know this now. Okay, so there is something that's called Nexus, and if you okay. have Nexus in that state, then you are required to collect sales tax. Nexus per state, per city, changes vastly. Also layering on top of that, that not all software sales are taxable, all based on city, state, all that legislation. And all that legislation is changing frequently. And I am a CPA, but I'm not a tax expert. And so there's a lot to know, a lot to process with all that information. Then you have to remit sales tax out to all of these agencies. They all have different remittance schedules. Some are quarterly, some are monthly, some are quarterly, but on odd schedules that are a quarter delayed. And so it is 
kind of one of those things where a lot of startups in my experience push collection of sales tax and doing it right or like way ahead and then they <laughs> are now ballooning out into this massive sales tax issue we're not doing that at occupy we're trying to fix it but that is one of the more complex issues and you know even like not to brag about occupy but you know what yeah. we're solving yeah. for occupy for the finance teams is also you know really challenging ACA 42 the number of data points that you need in order to implement 842 is vastly different than the current standard 840 for instance you have to know your renewal terms you have to know your termination options lease term is not this objective item anymore because you need to be able to say no i'm going to exercise my option in five years i have a crystal ball and i'm going to do it but that is what the standard is requiring you to do now and so you need a lot of data points there's not a lot of experts in 842 if you can believe it or not, because no one has a desire or the time. Shocking. Because they're doing so many manual processes in yeah. other areas because they can't, they don't have time to become 842 experts. And so what we do is we take all of the data, we put basically your lease document into a lease abstract within our lease administration platform that real estate teams and legal teams, HR teams, all of those teams will highly leverage that will feed directly into our accounting module, which walks users step-by-step all of 842's pillars, makes it extremely easy to comply with 842, gives you all your journal entries, helps you with your implementation. When it comes to financial statement disclosure time, we also generate all of those. And so there's things out there that can help you with different areas of the business, whether it's sales tax, revenue, AP, lease accounting with Occupier, which is exciting because, you know, the finance realm needs, needs, needs all the help that we can get. Yeah. When I, when I first started at Mosaic, I, there was, I think the website was like two months old. There were like three articles on the website that our co-founders like had kind of dreamed up and one of them was, uh, it was called a uh, SAS eats everything, like including the world of finance. And I think it was a callback to like some Andreessen Horowitz line. And the reality is like a big part of that article was talking about how every other department has had like a tech renaissance, like in marketing, like I have HubSpot, yeah. and, like sales has Salesforce. Yeah. And it's like, and what was it? The line was like, the biggest thing to happen to finance was like, you got Google Sheets. Like you yeah. just got an, a cloud version of Excel. And oh I was like, wow, like, we really... This, we made it. I know. What's so funny about that is that one of our co-founders, both of our co-founders, Andrew and Matt, say that all the time because real estate does not have a HubSpot, does not have anything to help yep. the real estate function out. I'm not kidding you. We have customers that have their leases stored in their filing cabinets. One of our customers recently had to send over a lease document to us so we could attract it. They physically took it off the wall and sent it to us. Stop, it was stop. Like, in the wall like with pinned a thumb like tap. Stop it. I swear. And so you oh say, like, again, finance and real estate, where we are in our processes, very, very similar. And we're just yep. trying to move the needle forward to bring it ahead because real estate's important. 
typically the second largest expense on yeah. any income statement. So, hey, you want to want to make sure we're capturing it all. Absolutely. I mean, it, well, especially now, like, I mean, you think about like flexibility, like people are like working from home more and it's like, yeah. do, you, do you need that really? Like, I mean, all these San Francisco offices that are like 90% empty because no one's there. It's just yeah. like, uh, you gotta, you gotta be able to manage that oh my gosh. faster we, way. Yeah. They, I heard that office is the new retail, meaning Ooh. that the way that you manage your office space, because office has historically been really easy. You know, you only yeah. have you know, a few leases, depending on, obviously on how big your company is, but few leases, standard, long year terms, all that. But now it's transitioning because of this hybrid workforce. People don't know the best strategy. And so they're really just testing it out. And in order to be flexible with your real estate strategy, I need to know what's in your lease documents. Unfortunately, I don't think they can be thumbtacked to the wall. <laughs> not, to be able to best ideal. utilize you know, that lease. Yeah, probably not. I could sit here and chat with you about this for a long time. I, I have a few more questions, but the last the last spreadsheet related question I want to ask is like either about the lease process or the sales tax pro or tax process, whichever workflow. Like, are these things like we talked a lot about like kind of automating those? Are they just things that you'd have like these massive spreadsheets? Like what like how do you manage leases in yeah, I mean, your you spreadsheet have, versus like automating it? Yeah, you have this massive spreadsheet and at this point in time based on my role at PwC and then technical yeah. accounting to course my role as VP of Finance at Octopar, I have seen my fair share of spreadsheets. And some of them I have been very impressed with. Other, yeah. not so much. But mm -hmm. there are these massive spreadsheets. Usually how they're designed is each lease is a separate tab. And then at the very front of it, they'll have a consolidation journal entry of all of the leases in that portfolio. And more times than not, when they're going through the Octopi implementation process, they may have realized, oh, shoot, I hard-coded a box that I shouldn't have. Oh, shoot, I actually had an escalation in month 13, not month 14, so I'm going to have to fix all of that stuff. And things naturally come out of the woodworks of the historical Excel-based files were not done correctly or like, Shoot, this whole time I've been pulling November entries for December because of how my formula was written. Like it's oh, no. very, very evident in some of these in some of these files that it's, it's not so the funny. best. It's so funny. You mentioned like how similar like Mosaic and Occupier are, because like we have the same things. Like, all right, we're implementing Mosaic. It's like, oh my God, my CRM data makes no sense oh, right now. <laughs> yeah. I did go through that for better or for worse. We went through no, that yours, as well. Yours was perfect, Lori. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... Occupier's CRM data was immaculate. <laughs> right. It was perfect. Well designed from the start. <laughs> Just from day one. Day one, we knew, we we knew, knew no. it all. All right, cool. So I, 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 like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're coming toward the end of the, the time we had allotted. I, I have two more questions. And one is like, one is higher level, but we will stay on the spreadsheet for now. It's like, if I just, if I snap my fingers and I was like, great, spreadsheets are gone. Like everything, everything you've ever wanted to automate is automated and you're good to go. Like everything, every challenge we've discussed so far, no longer a problem. What is like your day 
look like? Like, what do you want to be spending your time doing other than probably like maybe taking a vacation? When yeah, maybe I mean, you I was going to say, I think it would mean summer Fridays every day. There you go. <laughs> but I think it goes back to the original point of how do you get people motivated to come into the finance and accounting profession? wholeheartedly i think it's by giving them more analytical and strategic initiatives versus being in the bean counter realm and if everything was automated at the sound of my fingertips kind of like snapping that would allow us to have more time to get out of the weeds of the transaction-based processes that we have get out of the weeds be able to step above and look down and say, okay, this is how the numbers are working. These are how they're interrelated. And I'm going to be able to make better decisions now that I've had a chance to digest the information instead of just, okay, now we're on to the next, now we're on to the next. We had no time to pause and reflect on what the numbers meant. Makes a ton of sense. Sorry, I'm muting myself. My dog just going ballistic upstairs. If you can hear, I'm sorry. It's just it's what podcasting from home. Yeah, right. You understand. You yeah. have your own podcast. Yes. So I think that all makes sense. I it, it falls in line exactly with what you know we talk about a lot. And like you said, you tied it back to that original point of just kind of motivating people to to be in this profession. And so hopefully. Yeah. Mosaic and every other piece of software that you implement can inch you a little bit closer to that world. I know it's not quite as easy as just snapping your fingers, but someday. It's, it's our duty to get the profession to stay alive. Mosaic and occupiers in the world. I think we could do it. I believe in us. No pressure. Um, no, no pressure. Providence College needs it because Providence College has a lot of finance and accounting majors. That, I know. That need this I know. To continue on. Yeah. All right. So I, I have one last question for you. We ask everyone that comes on. It can be about spreadsheets if you want to, but it doesn't need to be. just want to know what is something you know now that you wish you knew at the start of your career? Yes. So speaking of Providence College, what you learned in college may not help you in your career. That when I fell in love with accounting, I am one of those nerds that just loves numbers loves understanding the language of the business but mm. i fell in love with it because it was very black and white there's debits there's credits everything balanced and flowed together so seamlessly but when i got out into the real world it's not all black and white and finance surprise i know <laughs> and it's not you're going to be living in this gray area and you need to be comfortable embracing that ambiguity, whether it's in contracts, whether it's accounting, not following suit with every accounting standard, whether it's ambiguity in financial forecasting and being able to make you know, assumptions based on actual data logic. But there's going to be ambiguity out there for you. Unfortunately, it's not all black and white, although I do love Providence College for... <laughs> giving me the foundation of the accounting base and finance base that has led me to here. There you go. I was, I was going to say, I hope everyone at Providence College is blocking their ears right now. Like, <laughs> I know. I was like, hear. I don't think it's a Providence College knock. I think it's more of a just accounting and finance in general. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you could have been an English major instead and just been like, and then you go to your professors and you're like, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but I hope you enjoyed your four years. And yeah, here I am right. hosting a podcast with you. So look look at how we ended up. Yeah, exactly, great. exactly. Oh, God. Well, I think it's a great answer. That's my favorite question. I say it on every episode because I'm just curious how finance people think about their careers. And it's, you know, I have not, it, they have not failed me once. Oh, I God. enjoy that answer every time. It's always good. I like um, mine is don't go to college. It's always a time. Just kidding. It's That's not what I meant by that. <laughs> it was not my takeaway. So hopefully there's some, some, I don't know, maybe some high school senior listens to this yeah. and it's like, well, I'm out. I'm not I'm going. Out. I'm not going. I'm not walking, mom. <laughs> it's over. Oh, God. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I will let you go reluctantly because I'm enjoying this. But as we come on time, I want to give you the stage. Where can people go to learn more about Occupier? To connect with you if you'd like to anything you'd like to plug the floor is yours awesome yeah you can come find us at occupier.com we have amazing resources if you are one of the lucky ones looking to implement ac842 we have amazing lisa county knowledge resource hub it has memos it has calculations and spreadsheets now everyone yeah. loves a good <laughs> spreadsheet around here and so we've really simplified the standard to help get you guys through that implementation if you want to connect with me on linkedin i'm lauren Barr. you can also email me directly at lauren at occupier.com and i hope that someone reaches out to me that's listening okay that's the challenge i will take it upon myself to make that happen we perfect will, thank you we'll make it well, Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are very busy with all of the hats you're wearing at Occupier, but this is a lot of fun. Yeah. just want to say thanks for being on the roll forward. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now I have time to do this because I have Mosaic. Oh, look at that. Uh, we're, cl we're clipping that and sending it to the team. Yeah, right. All right. Thanks, Lauren. We'll talk soon. Bye. <laughs>